0: Hi, this is Erica from What's the Dealio. In today's episode, we will be discussing about the Asian hate crime that has been on the news recently, as well as ASAJ students' views on politics. First, we have Miyu and Melissa having a discussion with Sue, a junior, and Ms. Huang, who teaches Chinese. They will be conversing about the recent Asian hate crime that has happened on March 16th, where eight people, six of them Asian American women, were killed at three spas. Following the discussion, we have Kentaro talking about the results of ASIJ students who took a test to see what side of politics they are on. Please enjoy.
1: Hello, we are your hosts, Mia Peters and Melissa Chang. And today we are joined by two special guests, Sue Nakashima and Ms. Huang. Today's discussion will surround the topic of the recent hate crimes against Asian Americans in the United States. Okay, so can both of you introduce yourselves?
2: Um, my name is Sunak Shema. I'm in 11th grade, and I've lived in Japan my whole life, and I'm full of Japanese.
3: Hi, I'm Miss Huang. I lived in America for 28 years, and mostly in East Coast. So the first question
1: we wanted to discuss was, what was everyone's initial thoughts regarding the recent hate crime against Asians?
2: I guess my first thought was why all of a sudden Asians were being attacked. an issue that has been going on for a long time, but all of a sudden we're really concerned about it. So like why?
1: yeah i think it's interesting because obviously a big reason is because a lot of people tend to blame the coronavirus on asians but it's interesting how even though people have been outside for a little while it's very very recent and not spread out more yeah i feel like definitely anti like hate against or microaggressions against asian americans have always been there in the u.s but i think especially recently has really surfaced because of covid19 and I'm wondering, you know, is it because a lot of people classify all Asians as Chinese, you know? And I think that's something that I'm wondering.
3: I think because in reality, they they cannot tell your nationality from just... So in their eyes, Asians, you know, are all the same. I remember in the 1980s, when Japan was taking over the world, their economic power is like, superior. At the time, there were a couple of incidents also happened in the States, especially for the Detroit area, because they think that uh, Japan has been selling a lot of cars, and that's why they are losing jobs. So there were a couple of the incidents they, they the Japanese were attacked. And of course, not just Japanese, they were Asian were targeted at the time. But for this time, I feel that personally, I feel it's a little bit more concerned because it's not just happened to certain age or gender of the people. I think the people, they are in fear uh, for sure. And they feel maybe they are endure certain hardship because of the, the pandemic. And top of that, I think that there, some, the government, certain figure. Who has huge impact to people? They also kind of promote the uh, idea about this is kind of Asian virus or Chinese virus that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a lot of factor and just happen. But in general, it's because people are in you know really in fear or they oh it has been as you said they have that kind of concept they are racist or they were uh, they don't feel safe with the others race. And but because all these factors contributed to it, and and so they become a serious problem.
1: Yeah, I think that it's interesting that you bring up attacks in the 1980s as well, because I think that's also really similar to around like World War II, especially in the states and like Japanese Americans being sent to internment camps, and like there executive orders passed to limit the freedom of Japanese Americans and I think that all stemmed from the fear of Japan's world domination so talk about your past experiences as an Asian in the United States
2: I've never lived in the US but I've gone to summer camps when I went I was the only Japanese person there so in a sense they didn't really know how to treat me because my culture was a bit different and I guess in a way because it was also new for them to like a full Japanese person who could also speak English. They were aware and like, oh, like, what is she like, so I think. Yeah. yeah, similar to you, I've never
1: lived in the States. I have been to a summer camp where I was the only Japanese person there. And even though I am half American, I would get so many questions like, how are you so good at English? And yeah, that exhibits some sort of prejudice. Yeah, I think both of you, me and Sue, I've never lived in the US. I've been to camps. And I think similar to me, like, i had experiences where people ask me, oh, wait, well, you can speak English. But I wouldn't really take it as I was offended. But I do think this isn't really related to the US. But when I first came to ASIJ, I didn't really speak English just because I grew up in Taiwan throughout my whole life. And I think a lot of people just perceive me as this Asian girl who did not speak English at all. So I think I did receive some comments on that. But once again, I was young, so I don't remember as much.
3: I Because I live in New York and New Jersey area, and there are a lot of different race and ethnic groups. So I don't feel particularly being discriminated. And I do agree that like my, do- my daughter, she lives in the States now. And people say, oh, where do you learn your English? or, oh, how, uh, where are you from? And she's, when she said, I'm from New Jersey, they would say, no, 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 I mean, where are you from? That kind of thing. And I feel that it's in a way, we can, you can interpret it into, like, you can say it's a discrimination or you can, I feel most of the people are like ignorant because they, they still, you know, try to talk to you, get to know you, but they just don't know what's wrong. And it's really, so personally, I don't feel particularly I were being discriminated but now, because I, I already live in Japan for more than 10 years now, so I maybe it's, it has been changed. I don't know. But I feel that any race is like, okay, black people don't like Asian, Asian doesn't like, you know. It's just the, the concept of race is a huge problem. And I am glad that school has been talking about this, and then they try to educate the, the students. And I feel we, every one of us can contribute to this. We need to help people to understand if they don't know, maybe it's not our responsibility to educate them, but we can kind of, you know, show them. And then if you're friends with uh, different people, and that also we are all contributing to uh, let people understand it, it's not the path that we, we want to walk.
1: Next, we wanted to discuss whether these recent incidents have changed your
2: perspective on pursuing an education in the United States. For me, I think it definitely has. And since I have like a greater sense of fear of going to U.S. And because the first year you'll be living in dorms with other people, it does feel a little more scary. And I have siblings that go to colleges in the U.S. So I do have a sense of fear for them as well, how this will change their life.
1: Yeah, I feel like because of these incidents, as sad as it is, because I'm sure, for example, if you're a white person in the U.S., you wouldn't ever have to consider this when you're applying to college, but we would actually have to consider like the diversity of the school and the general area as well. And like suicide, said, I think it's definitely amplified my fear of going to the States, because before I only just thought about, like, oh, guns and crime rates and everything, but... I think since race is such a big topic of discussion in the US, it is definitely something to worry about. I definitely think I if I'm being honest, like before looking into colleges, I really only thought of, you know, the social aspect and academics aspect, but I think obviously recently with all these racism issues Coming up, I definitely have considered race as a really important factor, like diversity when deciding, you know, which college I want to go to. And I think definitely like both of you, I do hold a fear going to the U.S. and pursuing education there because that is something that I want to do. And speaking of which, like my sister, she just finished her first semester at a pretty white small town in the US and she was there during the elections and that was like a really scary time for her especially because she was one of the few like agents there and it's a town where there's not a lot of minorities so I think hearing all these stories from her really frightened me. So Ms. Huang, how did these recent incidents change your perspective on your kids living in the US?
3: Yeah, uh, because my daughter lives in San Francisco and then my son lives in Los Angeles area. Yes, yeah, so of course I'm concerned, especially through media, you can, you can tell that it's all popping up. But again, I don't want to live in fear either, because if you look closely, it doesn't happen that much. Of course, compared to before, it's maybe increased 100%, you know, 50%, that kind of thing. But majority of the people are still safe. I, that's what I want to think. And then of course I remind my kids want to be, they should be more careful, you know, look out. And, and then, then then you mentioned about the region, like where the location is, because if you from the lecture, you can tell America is now in like a divided, is it kind of two different countries. So I feel in reality, you do need to have that in mind. Like a, when you pick school or whatever, or those are, should be one of the factors you consider. I agree with that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that because my kids are in California, there are a lot of Asians. And if they change jobs, for example, I want them to really go to the big cities, uh, you know, the coastal area. That, that's how, as an Asian mother, I feel a little bit safer that way.
1: What kind of actions do you think that society should take in order to combat this issue?
2: I think as you can see, like the United States, there's a lot of recent protests, but I think that there should be more protests in like the Asian countries as well. And like um, in Japan, like you don't really see much happening at all. And I think one of the reasons why there's like this prejudice is that because Asians are like just tolerant of the fact that like um, there's like white supremacy. And like, I think we need to start by changing that perspective. For
1: I think another way that we could combat this issue is just changes within the education system. I think something I was pretty surprised by literally yesterday, for example, in our A-Push textbooks, when talking about the firebombings that the U.S. dropped on Japan, it was literally, there were like 84,000 deaths, but it was put in parentheses, while the textbook really emphasized the hardships of Americans during the war, but not equally. millions of civilians that died so yeah I think there needs to be change within how the media such as like books or movies and even educational resources such as textbooks portray Asians yeah I think it's really important to have conversations with Asian people around you and especially now with like social media I think there's so many amazing like online resources out there that you can find but I definitely do think that I have to emphasize to like have conversations with those who are Asian,
3: because I think they know a lot. I I think another thing that maybe I would like to encourage all the students to participate in uh, politics a little bit more. It's like, it's not necessarily you you need to become a politician, but you you do need to vote. By recognizing your own voting rights is important because in Japan, I know a lot of people just don't vote. They don't care who the politicians are and then that kind of thing. I feel. Because if you don't vote and then you don't have a voice, you don't have the power. So that's what education systems can do, especially like our school here. Because a lot of our students, they don't, not necessarily, they go to the States. Even they they go there, get their degrees, they will come back. So by encourage students to care a little bit more about all the issues and then the all the political systems, I think that will make a difference in the long
0: run. And that was Melissa and me with their first segment. Up next, we have Kentaro discussing about our students' views.
4: Hi, I'm Kentaro Mathis, and this is the segment on ASIG students and the political compass. In the past week i surveyed a small group of asij high school students on their placement on the political compass the political compass test is a 62 question survey which rates one's political ideology in a two-dimensional four-quadrant graph with two axes the economic left to right and the social from authoritarian to libertarian the graph has recently placed itself within popular culture as a means of bringing people of various political backgrounds together on internet communities, notably the r slash political compass meme subreddit. For many members of such communities, they explore unique political ideologies along with their stereotypes while still retaining an air of fun and respect for others. As for the results of the test on ASIJ students, the result was a minus 1.85 economically and a minus 3.251 socially. These random numbers visually mean that ASIJ students tend to be on the economic left and socially liberal, which is the bottom left part of the graph. According to the political compass's graph on the standings of various American candidates for the 2020 election, the location of the ASIJ students would be close to the likes of Tulsi Gabbard, Bernie Sanders, and Mike Gravel. This result isn't too big a surprise. Younger generations tend to be more liberal, while older voters tend to be more conservative. Surveys have shown that Millennials and Gen Z are considerably more likely to vote Democrat than Republican. While these results are intriguing, it is also important to consider the faults in the process of collecting this data. The sample size was very small and had a low variety of grade level. The test itself is also something to consider. Many critics argue that ideologies aren't as clear-cut to fit on two axes, and that it also breaks down hundreds of variables into said only two axes. I hope that this was an interesting short segment, and I hope to make an update with even more data and findings later on. Thanks.
0: As we see more racial tension around the world today, it is our job to keep ourselves informed and aware of current events. If you have any suggestions for topics we should discuss in our next segment, please send us an email at whatsthedealio at asij.ac.jp, DM us on our Instagram account at asij_podcast, or send us a message on our Facebook account at what'sthedelio. We would also gladly invite any students or club members contact us for an interview on upcoming projects. We hope you enjoyed the episode and that was the yo.